Live is brought to you by TrueCar. Access an exclusive audience of lower funnel car buyers through our network of over 500 affinity partners, including USAA, Sam's Club, and AAA. Close more sales in a cost-effective way. There's never been a better time to become a TrueCar certified dealer. We're back. We are back. We're back in the in the, in the high life again. Is back that, in the saddle, man. Back I, in the saddle, I forgot man. your name. I didn't know what you look like. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I look. I, yeah, yeah. I'm a little maybe. I think the tan's kind of wearing off a little bit, even though uh, it shouldn't. But I got a little tan, little sun. You're looking good, man. You look really healthy today. You look, did look like you were glowing. Thank you. You're well, pregnant. I was gonna say. I was wondering if you were expecting. <laughs> yeah, I'm six months it's, along. It's actually me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you look pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Uh, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah. very well, yeah. You look you. sharp, man, you know? I look sharp in my t-shirt. Yeah, man, you know, uh, we are automotive. Well, you know, it, it's it's appropriate for the show. There's no doubt about that. It is. It is that. Well, we're in studio. Huh? Our friends at Dealer Socket. Our friends at Dealer Socket. Hey, um, you know, what? I, I think that we have such a great show today, Dave, because you can't ask for better guests, man. I think that that's what makes a show. You know, it's not the it's not the host, right? And it's we've not, proven that. We well, we proven we, we've that. proven that by well, we've proven that because you know what, man? There was a time where, uh, you know, there was a time where you and I, you know, felt like we couldn't we couldn't miss. You know, there were a lot of things that we sacrificed to to be here all the time. And obviously, this is a passion of ours. But I mean, we both are busy, and there's times when we're just not able to be here. In okay. the last like what three months or so, I think collectively, you and I've missed more, you know, shows. Than we than we ever have in the past, but we've had people you know, strength fill in, but the, but the the numbers, the views, the in, engagement was there, and I think it has to do with just an incredible automotive community, and 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 the guests are in, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's just yeah. What it is, we bro. we've been very fortunate because the, thanks to our viewers and the guests that we've had, the show is is certainly much bigger than us, mm-hmm. and it's so cool. Like you Thank know, God. we have we have local dealers that you know want to come in and do the show with us and mm-hmm. you know it's uh that's, that's been super you guys Absolutely. you guys are awesome by the way that are watching i mean just incredible uh every one of you i, I can go down a, a mile long list of our viewers that i know of you know uh our regulars and tune in every week and uh it, it is truly a blessing and amazing yeah so let's talk automotive man um so what, what did you hand me this book for lou what's that Hey, you got a microphone. That is what we're giving away. <laughs> you forget today. that somehow. Hey, as we're sharing right. the show, you guys will have an option to share. And if you share, guess what, guys? You have a chance of winning our Leader B Lunch book. All right, Leader B Lunch nice. book. We're going to give this away. We're giving away a ton of stuff, man, but we we're happy to do so. We want to put them in your hands. So we have this book was released in October of 2017. Uh, it's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble's Books A Million. But um, we'll sign this and send it to you. And uh, share the show. We're going to be giving it away at the end. And uh, we've got some great things coming up. Um, and uh, make, make sure you check out. I, I don't know if we do or not, but I think we have a, a seat or two for our sales boot camp. We have a leadership mastermind coming up. We'd love to see you here. Uh, it's really cool because the sales boot camp that we have coming up in August, 95% of everybody attending is not in the automotive industry. I know this is Auto Deal Live. But I mean, it's just—it's really cool that um, that you know, the automotive industry, and when you sell into the within the automotive industry, I believe it's so effective. Whether you're on this side of or that side of the desk, right? Um, it's so effective because of the industry is known for sales, and that's a compliment to you. That's a compliment to this industry, and in the guests that we have on the show. Other industries want to learn how to sell. 
right? And uh, and so we have a lot of cool people coming. Uh, we have a lot of uh, individuals in different industries coming. So make sure you check out that information as well. But Dave, man, I mean, we're sitting here in July, and um, what an incredible what an incredible month for the car business. July is is that month, man, where you know it just seems like the 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 second half of the year that that fall kind of this is like the launch pad for the fall. It is a launch pad for the fall, and you know it's uh, you know summertime. There are a lot of people off. There are a lot of people that are uh, available to come out to the car lot. You had the big Fourth of July sale. You know all these things are going on. Hopefully, dealers are off to an amazing start. And you might want to. If in fact, if you're if you're a dealer, a salesperson, and you are off to an amazing start, make sure you put that in the comments. Let's see where you're at for the month. But uh, but yeah. So how are things going on your end? Yeah, for, going for good. Man. Yeah, going good. And you know, I hear that dealers dealers are. I mean, dealers are spending money, and I think that the the the. Uh, the consensus or the atmosphere, right? The, 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 is that, Hey, this is going to be a, a big month. Dealers are off to a fast start. Love to hear how you guys are doing. And, you know, I think the big part of that is like, just like our show is made, um, is successful and is, is based on the guests and the audience that we have. It's, we, we have an easy job because we just, we just, we just kind of balance the audience and the guests, which are all amazing. And I'm just saying that I mean, I mean, how, how, how hard is it? I mean, like, you know, literally a blind squirrel finds a nut, Thanks, right? Dave. So I'm just saying, man, you know, I, I can jack up a lot of things but it's hard to jack up this it is and and so just like that's the, the case when you have when you have the the auto industry and you've got people off to a, to a fast you know to a fast start or to a strong start in the month of july you know you look at you look at what's going on um you know in this industry i think that it's hard when you have an, when you have an economy this that's that, this, that that we have and you have a product the products are coming out and then you have on top of that this is where i was going with it you have the salespeople that we know we have on this show on a regular basis. I'm talking about those who brand themselves, those that are out there, you know, on social media. Those are the arms, the tentacles, the legs, right, the fingers, right, the extension of the dealer. That is today's dealership. And so, how how, how can you go wrong? And so that's what I want. That's what I like to see. I mean, we, we, the more professional and incredible, right, the sales professionals get in this industry, the stronger we get, right. The, the better our dealerships are going to be because the bottom line is people have to drive. And if I'm going to do, listen, if I've got to eat, then I'm going to go to a place when I walk in the door, they don't, they don't slap me in the face and spit in my food, right? That's going to be a start. <laughs> so yes. if they have good service, I go back. If they have good food, I go back. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm saying is we've got such an incredible, incredible, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing, I guess, so many more incredible people in this industry how can we not sell cars i mean people have to drive right and they want to buy a car yeah plus we're being innovative i mean we're looking we're constantly searching now we have a lot of tools at our disposal but we're constantly trying to figure out how can we sell more cars right yep. so so that's a big deal as well and you know um well you know what i'm going to wait for the guests for for my next comment but uh well you, let's look at some of the comments yeah i mean let's look at some of the comments we got clinton what's up clinton uh, what's up sean hayes what's up uh jay lasco what friend jay lasco eddie stefan what's up man uh we've got melissa sigmund uh, michelle polly mclean we are looking forward to having michelle on melissa we got jared mccreevy what's up jared long time brother nico grievous what's up chris spear chris Fukul. We've got, I mean, we just got a great, great Johnny, the car expert. I love it when people put like things like that as their name on social media, like Johnny, the car expert. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, who, who are you buying your car from? Johnny, the car expert. Johnny, you know, yeah, the car who expert. You, hey, who you, who you, who you, who you, who's cooking your food? Do you want like Joe to cook your Joe food? Joe, the or chef you want, expert. Or, yeah, or do you want Frank, <laughs> the freaking cook beast? The hot dog you know expert. I mean? Right? Frank, the, yeah, <laughs> no. Frank, the cook beast is cooking my food. 
Oh, who's cooking your food, Joe? Joe. Joe. Ru- Lewis. Joe. Who's doing your Who's doing your Who's doing your pro- your producing, Lewis? Or Mike, the mother hunter. I was kidding, Luke. <laughs> Welcome back from vacation. Mike, the <laughs> producer, expert, expert producer. Matt Keenig, what's up, man? Hey, share the show, guys. We'll give away some stuff at the end of the show. Make sure you share the show. Why? Not not so we can have views. Um, believe it or not, uh, we don't even really look at them like that anymore. We want you to be witness to this amazing guest list that we have coming on here in just a second. They're on now. And we're going to be bringing them on live, Dave, in just a sec. I'm ready. What are you most ready about, man? Give me, give me, give me, convince me in 30 seconds. Convince our audience in 30 seconds, D. What, why does somebody need to share this show with someone else in the auto industry? 30 seconds. If you had to appeal to someone, what would you do? If you're in the auto industry right now, you're going to have the opportunity in the next hour to hear from uh, general managers, uh, rock star agents, people who are supporting the auto industry. Not only that, but you're going to be able to view the comments from hundreds of others that are in the industry as we talk about the best ways to grow your business both as an individual and corporately as a dealer nice are you guys know, that's all i had all right we'll be right back and see that's good you convinced me i'm sharing two minutes we'll Get be right back before. don't go anywhere we have david moss the general manager owner of david moss, of moss nissan and we have michelle polly mclean ceo i can sell cars in stilettos and dealer dash we have Justin Gasman, one of the strongest F&I people that I know, um, and Justin is going to be on. We have Matt Raymond. Matt is the BDC director at Team Auto Group. His uh, dealer principal, Kristen, was on last week. And then we have Brian Jaden Singh. J- Brian is a good friend of mine, a client, a phenomenal car guy. Uh, followed this show for a long, long time. First time on the show. I'm so excited. General manager at Parkway Family Auto Group in Texas. And let me tell you something. This guy is making it happen over there. So don't go anywhere. In two minutes, we're going to bring this amazing panel on. And you're going to get to see what we're talking about. Why we call them amazing. That's right. Right? There will be amazing. All right. We'll be right back. You're a deal. All right. We're back. Without further ado, let's bring on the guest panel. We have the dealer principal, general manager at... Moss Nissan in Newport Ritchie, Florida. Mr. David Moss. We have Michelle Polly McLean, CEO. I can sell cars in stilettos and dealer dash. We have Justin Gasman. Justin is financial services director of McCadden Cadillac Buick GMC. One of the strongest F&I, award-winning F&I director. Mm-hmm. We have Matt Raymond, BDC director at Team Auto Group. Matt's going to be joining us in just a second. He's in the middle of a deal, but he'll be coming on. And then we have Brian Jaden Singh, general manager at Parkway Family Auto Group in Texas. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know uh, you all are busy, so we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to come on and join us in our audience. I know everyone is chomping at the bits to hear what you guys have to say, and we're going to talk some automotive. But I'm going to throw it to, I'm gonna throw it to uh, Matt. Matt Raymond is on great. I'm going to throw it to uh, Dave Cribs. Dave? Um, what do you say, man? What a great, what a great group of guests. It's, it's a great group of guests. And, you know, we kind of opened up, first of all, welcome to the show to all the guests, David, Michelle, Justin, Matt, and Brian. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. All right. Great to have you all here. I know I kind of threw that out at all of you at the same time. So, um, you know, we kind of opened up with talking a little bit about sales and, you know, kind of the, the image that the car business has mm-hmm. of, having great salespeople. <laughs> and um, although publicly, and I'll, I'll go to David on this, David Moss, you know, I know that our our image is getting better, but I think one of the one of the reasons maybe in the past that, that uh, or even in the present, that consumers 
kind of, you know, maybe didn't want to come into the dealership was that because they knew we had strong salespeople, right? You're afraid you're going to go there and get clothes and drive a car home. But, uh, but the thing is, is yeah. So let's talk about that for a moment. I mean, what, what is it about sales in the auto industry that makes us better? Is it the fact that we're dealing with a high ticket item or that we're in front of so many customers? What is that like, Dave? You know, it's hard to really explain. It's the thrill of the hunt, I would say. I mean, most people in the car business are A-type personalities. They're always right. They want to always be right. They want to prove something to somebody, and they want to they want to win. And uh, a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure everyone on the phone and everyone watching right now, at some point in your life, you uh, you were in either a sport or a club or, or something that was competitive. And then once you got into your adult life, it was either, uh, let me go to college and learn how to be you know a doctor let me go be a waiter or let me get into a business where i can prove my worth and and be competitive and and win 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 and that's i think what what the car business and people in the car business uh is is really full of and a lot of times people who get into our business and really don't have that go get them mentality um they'll get into our business and they'll be like what in the world did i just get into you know and i've heard for a long time this business isn't for everybody or everybody do it because the money you can make and the life you can uh the life you could produce and, and provide for your family um, provided by the car business is outstanding, but you have to be a go-getter. You have to really, really want it. And while I was listening in, you mentioned something about service. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I just left our store in Crystal River and I'm heading to Newport Ritchie, so if it's muffled, it's because I'm in the car. Um, but one of the things that we talked about down there is, you know, being in retail, uh, a lot of people claim they're in sales and claim they're in retail, mm-hmm. um, But and I'm not saying anything bad about them, but if you're in retail and you're working at Dick's Sporting Goods, on your day off, you're probably not trying to prospect uh, the person waiting on you at a restaurant by saying, hey, we got some really cool new Under Armour shirts in. You got to come check them out. Here's my card. Come see me at Dick's Sporting Goods and right. buy this shirt and I'll give you a special deal. Right. But I can tell you what, probably 80% of my sales staff at my store and probably everybody listening does that. You know, That's And, and the reason point. the car world and the car business is perceived as the best sales there is in, in the sales world is probably right there. It's because we're always working. There ain't, there ain't no time off in the car business. There's no days off, and, you know, it, we're always working. We're always working hard. Am I right? Yeah. Well, well let me let, – that's actually a great point, and, and it, you know, we – I love this – what I love about the show, we stopped doing titles so long ago. You know, it's funny because, uh, um, you know, every week we have someone ask, you know, and, hey, what are we talking about and this and that, and we kind of stopped doing titles because we, we just – it just is inevitable. We start talking about, you know, what really the hot buttons on others' minds are. And Dave, you know, talking about sales and talking about commission, you know, there's a lot of fear or apprehension or let's call it angst, right? Anxiety or and not by you or, or, you know, a lot of people that maybe um, are on this panel, but just in the auto industry, sometimes you have people constantly talking about disrupting, constantly talking about um you know, like, uh, you know, these, these, these uh, technology companies and different people, and, oh, we got to watch our back and what have you. You know, in, in, in reality is I've always said this, and, and, and I don't ever see really this changing. Automotive is such an emotional decision. And you said it. It's not just the commission. You know, somebody would, I was thinking about and kind of playing in my mind when you were talking about people working in, 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 uh, on their day off or maybe prospecting. And somebody would say, oh, that's because they're commissioned salespeople. And, yeah, there's some truth to that. 
But the reality, is, the reality is, it's because they're it's a, it's it's a, such a big decision, and a lot of times consumers don't know what kind of car it, it, they want. They just know what type of car maybe they want or what some amenities they want, and they kind of know the look of it. But they're open, and so it's, and, and it's such a big decision, and and, and, and I think that um, and it's emotional, and I think that that's kind of where what I was thinking. Like it's it's one of these things where people. You know, people could be in the market for a vehicle for a series of months, but that doesn't mean they're that doesn't mean they're going to buy. They may buy six months from now, but they've been in the market for six months. But I'm of the persuasion, you know, that they would have bought any time during that six month period that they were quote in the market if 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 their emotions were moved. It's called I call it forcing the market. So, you know, what I'm saying, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I no, mean, it's, it's, yeah, they would have been. They would have probably been in the market a lot sooner. Um, or bought if they ran into a salesman who was passionate about what they were doing. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's a lot of us that, and I, and I've, I've met and worked with a lot of them and I've tried to groom a lot of them. And unfortunately not every one of them gets, gets groomed. Um, not everybody sees it. Not every, it's not important to everybody to, to really want to close the sale, to, to close the car deal. You know, I like shaking a hand and, and then shaking a hand, but doing business. You yeah. know, I like meeting somebody and earning their business and, if I don't, I, I beat myself up. I try to figure out what could I have done differently to earn their business right now. And I don't, I don't let any objection become an excuse that's okay. Um, I'm sure a lot of you who are successful feel the same way. And I'm not saying I close 100% of the deals I talk to, but I want to. <laughs> I sure. really genuinely want to. And I'm right. sure a lot of people listening feel the same way. And I hope they do. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I know you, Dave, personally, and I know your character. And you know what? If you're watching this, I'll say this on your behalf. And you, you, I'm sure you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you'll agree. But but you're a modest guy as well. I, I would say this, that, that he, he closes those deals. And commission is not a bad word. He closes those deals not for the pop or for the money as much as he closes because he truly believes he is going to partner and help that customer meet that customer's needs. And then because, hey, I do things right, and yeah, there's profit there. I do things right. We are a dealership that they should be doing business with. When they service this vehicle, they need to service from us because we were going to treat them right, and they're going to tell their friends and family about it. Then, I, you know, Dave, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, that is probably the motivating factor behind what I hear coming out of David Moss's mouth. What do you think? I, I can feel it. I mean, that's exciting because I was sitting here as he was speaking i was thinking about a couple of things first i was thinking well gosh uh, there there are so many salespeople that are you know are going to identify with david as he's talking because it sounds like something that you know a a salesperson who's sold out on what they do uh it it sounded just like they would be talking but the coolest part about it is that david's an owner right he's an operator and an owner and uh, it is so refreshing to to kind of hear the excitement in his voice to be at that level so uh thanks a lot david we're going to go to justin gasman and justin you know we're talking about the strength of uh, auto salespeople, and we're gonna, and I'm gonna throw in something. By the way, uh, yeah. Dave, David Villa, uh, a little bit later, I'm gonna do a little twist because right now we're talking about our strengths. We're gonna kind of move into a couple of the ironic weaknesses after we talk about this. But, um, but interestingly enough, uh, Justin, you know, one of the things that I've always said about uh, car people is that we find ways. It's so awesome, but we find ways to put deals together. Like once the customer's there, and 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 you know they've shown us that they have the ability to buy 
I mean, we do everything within our power to figure out a way to put a deal together if there's a little bit of a challenge. And I don't think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of other sales industries give up at step one, step two, step three. But in the car business, man, we just keep pushing till we can put something together. Maybe speak to that, uh, Justin. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on the show. And, and I think part of that is having the right attitude. And that's the main differentiator between those that are successful in our industry and those that are not. And that is most of us pretty much have the same opportunity. And that's that you get to come in every day and it's always different. And it's always the same in some ways, but it's all in how you approach it. And so when you're given a deal, some people look at a cash deal or they look at a tough credit deal and they initially have a reaction, and then they let this reaction determine their outcome. And I watched a video, um, I think it was Rich Moore who shared it on Facebook, and it said something about the event plus your reaction equals the outcome. And that applies to everything in life, but it's so important, and it applies so much in the car business, because we take these deals where a, a sales manager or a salesperson will give you a deal, and it's either cash or it's 0% or it's 1.9, or there's some story, there's some hair on the deal that's going to make it more complicated and difficult than all the rest of your deals. And initially, your reaction is maybe not to be so pleasant or not to be so grateful or not to really work hard because you don't think there's anything there. And if you stop and look at it and dive in and look at it from a little different perspective, you realize they're no different than any other customer. And mm -hmm. now all of a sudden, this 1.9% deal that pays you $100 flat from the captive turns into a nice back end with a service contract and maybe a maintenance plan or a key replacement or any other variety of products that we sell. And all of a sudden, you've got something that was nothing, but it's all in how you dealt with it. It's how you treated the customer. It's how you approached it. It's how mm -hmm. you looked at the opportunity. And you've got to do the deal either way. Yeah. So you might as well have a great attitude about it. And look look for the stone that needs to be turned over, because there's money laying all over dealerships. All you have to do is pick it up. All you have to do is ask and offer it, but do it with, with the heart of a teacher and, and the spirit of intent to, like you say, serve the customer, help them. They're scared. They yeah. just want somebody to partner with them, help them through the process. But if we have crapped out attitudes about it because of how they're paying or what their situation is, that's only going to negatively reflect on us as an industry. And that's yeah. something I'm proud of, that this industry is finally turning where we do have a lot of professionals, and it is an industry where there's a high income potential, and it's there's coveted positions within stores, and there's only so many people that can have those jobs. This is an industry people want to get into because you can make a lot of money and help a lot of people and be part of the future, and the future of automotive is exciting. Yeah, I, I, I think you well said, Justin, and you know something, um, I'm going to go to Mich Michelle here in a second, but before I do, kind of just <laughs> piggybacking on that, and here's what's really cool. I think that there's always been money in the auto industry, you know, there's always been money in the, and that's that's the strength, but that's also been a weakness in some ways because because where there's money and we're an owner or where some dealers are making money, a lot of times they are they're not as they're not desperate to view the need for changes. You know, so so that could be a detriment. But what I see is what I see changing with the culture 
improving, as Justin's mentioning. I see dealerships keeping people, and I see people staying and retaining. Uh, I see dealers retaining talent, and somebody looking at it and going, "Hey, I don't have to go from here to there and just be a person who you know, the, the bridges are burned or what have you, or, or rebuild my customer pipeline." It's I can stay somewhere and actually re-sign or re-re uh, do business with this customer. I can do business with their family. They're starting to get smarter about it, which, by the way, yields more money um, because of the. And, and speaking of referral, and speaking of of you know of that uh, of this concept, Michelle, I know that um, you know uh, you are an entrepreneur. You have sold cars. You believe in this industry, and you're big on referral. Um, one of the things I teach our guys and just in our sales process is something that I am a believer uh, uh, about referrals. Is um, your customers, you know, are sold when they do business with you, right? They're sold. For instance, I go to a restaurant. And if I go once a month to this restaurant in Outback or just somewhere like that, you know, because I like it, then I'm sold on. I don't need to be sold on. I'm sold on it. But there's a difference in being sold on something and being an advocate. An advocate is somebody who takes the and crosses from being sold over the bridge to telling other people about it. I'm from, I'm going from sold to selling, and so that's a referral to me. Going from from being sold to an advocate, and so Michelle, you're big on referrals. You know, you're, you're talking about satisfied. You talk about satisfied customers give referrals. You talk about customers kick off the buying process with a referral. I want you to to talk about th- your passion regarding referrals. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks so much for having me on the show. You know, this has been a really big passion of mine. I've been in the industry now for 18 years, and I pretty much worked in every facet of it from sales to finance to management. And the biggest thing that I started taking notice of was how much more money, even as a sales consultant, that I would make on my repeat and referral business versus those fresh customers that would come in off of the lot or a BDC or an internet app. And there's a lot of money to be made on that back end. And what I started noticing, though, as I progressed into management is that, let's just face it, I love you guys as sales consultants, but A, we get complacent and lazy, Mm -hmm. and B, the fact is we're trying to chase that new business. And right now, there's not really a huge solution out there for that. There's a lot of companies out there that offer automation, things like, you know, your follow-up emails every 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Maybe you're lucky if you get a thank you card or a birthday card, but there was no full-service solution out there that could take follow-up from the very first follow-up call after that deal was made and take it all the way out for two or three years until that customer was ready to buy again. You know, the facts and the figures are that 90% of sales consultants, after they receive their CSI survey, they never follow up with that customer. And most customers don't even remember their sales consultant's name after the first year. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've kind of lost sight. You know, the model currently for the traditional dealership is that 70% of your traffic is being generated as a walk-in. You know, whether it's an appointment or it's coming from Internet or your traditional advertising, all of that's fine and good. But the dealerships are spending over $600 a customer per unit sold just to get new traffic through the door. And so I kind of took that model and I said, what if we focus that money that we're spending on advertising, even a portion of it, 10 15%, and drove that back into our current customer base because 89% of those customers are going to refer someone if they're asked. They're never asked for a referral. They're never asked for that repeat business because they're forgotten about as soon as the next sale comes in. And so that's the model that's kind of driven me and my passion 
you know, the I Can Sell Cars and Stilettos movement was honestly formed as a blog mm-hmm. out of my own frustration with being a woman in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I took that to a new level, and, you know, we have a huge following of women. I'm big in the women's movement. But what Dealer Dash came out of was a need in the marketplace that I saw right. for us to take and train the dealership and show them a new way of doing business and saying, hey, guys, you're willing to spend $650 for that new customer. Why aren't you willing to spend 100 over the course of, you know, two or three years to target that customer, get them back in your dealership where they're going to give you repeat and referral business? Mm, that's good. Well, well, thank you. And we'll come back to you in a second. I want to hear more, more of that. And, Dave, let me uh, – because I want to bring Brian and Matt into yep. this conversation. But, you know, I, listening to this, I know we say this a lot. And back in the day, Arnold Terrino used to joke about, you know, he would he would take a drink whenever we said training. But yes. really, I, 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 I was sitting with somebody last week. It was actually uh, Joe Kala was in my office. Uh, Joe's a trainer. You know, uh, used to be the GM of uh, Dealer Synergy with Sean. Uh-huh. And then uh, now he's um, doing his own thing. He's here, he's, he was here in our office, and we were doing some things together. And um, – he said to me something that, you know, so I was in a dealership and he said, and, and maybe some of the guys can, Matt or Brian can weigh in on this. And he said, you know, I was talking to a dealer and he was telling me how many leads, how much money he spent on leads. I mean, it was, it was, and we know that we're a marketing company sure. and obviously we believe in that. He said, how much money I spent on leads, Joe. And he said, but I've got like 3,000 leads that we haven't gotten to and I can't, you know, my guys aren't getting to the leads and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of wasted. Well, then he, but he said it was so difficult to get that dealer to look towards training your people to look at them differently, which was, by the way, the training cost was 10% of what the advertising cost was going to be. And so then he suggested, hey, why don't you just lower your advertising spend by 10% and use that for training? Oh, no, 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 no. I can't. I can't do that because I have to have the leads. And so I, I would just, I know that's the case. That's an epidemic. And I, I'd love David or one of these guys to come back to that in a minute. But um, let's bring Matt and Brian in. Maybe they have an answer to that as well. But I just know that there's a lot we could talk about. But training is so important, no matter in, in whatever faucet, right? Yeah, it's yeah, so absolutely. Let's go to Brian on that. And 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 Brian, you heard Dave's comments, and and also we just heard from uh, from Michelle, and we were speaking earlier about how kind of how good we are as salespeople in the automobile business, and 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 the opportunities and the drive that we have. But we do suffer from something where at least traditionally, it seemed like we can only see 100 yards in front of us. We don't really see the bigger picture, in my opinion. So, Brian, maybe talk about that and what you think maybe uh, some of the reasons are and maybe some of the solutions. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, definitely good points. And I think, as uh, David said, that uh, salespeople now are just evolving and getting better and better, and, and it's a great industry. And I think for years, people, it's just like somebody that's training an athlete, before it was just like training up and down, training weights, but there's more aspects to it. There's there's good diet, there's there's mental, there's a lot of other uh, parts to being a good salesperson instead of just working on the floor, just picking up the phone and making that phone call. And it's really sharpening the sword, and, and that's where training comes in and where, you know, maybe people thought, hey, I'm, I'm real-world training, but there's got to be that other aspect of it too, a time to reflect a time to take a step back and say, okay, just, just like halftime. Yeah, you're playing in the game. We're coaching in real time, which is very important. Mm-hmm. But we need to take a step back during halftime, during whenever. I mean, an athlete trains more than they play, if you think about it. I mean, they're, they're off the field training more than the actual game. And so I think uh, some people have adopted that. Some people haven't. But I think the people that are very successful are starting to adopt that more and more. They're, they're spending that time and realizing the more you put in, the better you're going to get out when it's time to play the game. That's good stuff, Brian. That's good. And, and uh, 
Matt, you know, take I let you comment on that as well, Matt. I mean, and you know, you you you're an interesting in an interesting position, you know, as BDC director because you you in many cases are you know the first point of contact, and you know we've had this discussion many many times in the past where you know from from this cradle to grave mentality and dealers still have this this identity crisis when it comes to that. But the reality is, I mean, you are today's you you run as a director of a BDC today's salesperson that's just this let's just and tomorrow's salesperson for for sure but that's today's salesperson i mean it's just to me it, it, everyone should be able to to work in 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 you know in that uh bdc uh you know t- uh, template and process so talk about what you know you've you've heard everything so why don't you weigh in matt and kind of bring your experience into this conversation definitely thanks for having me on guys um you know, one of the biggest things I think that we see nowadays, um, you know, and I'm just speaking from the store I'm in currently and the store I came from, but, you know, with our um, BDC agents here, it, it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of training material out there. There's a lot of scripts. There's a lot of different things that you can get information on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just it's just like building a house. You can read all the blueprints you want, but until you grab a hammer and a nail and go out and, you know, take a swing, you don't really understand what it, what's going on. And so one of the things that we really work on here is developing and building a relationship on the phone as opposed to, you know, turning into a robot and scripting. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, um, you know, BDCs are nowadays, it's, you know, I see a lot of, they know we have the car. We've done real photos because we want real photos online. We've given them the price. We're not the most expensive in the world because nobody would call us. So we've gone through all these different steps to make the consumer want to contact us. And it's our job when they come through the phone mm-hmm. to just make a friend, set that appointment, you know, have them come in. And then when they come in, make sure we're prepared. I mean, there's nothing worse than saying, hey, we'll be ready for you. And they come in and 20 minutes looking for the keys. Now we've got to find the car. Mm-hmm. Now we've got to find a salesperson. It, you know, that's where, that's where we really lose the disconnect and we start losing that relationship. And that's one of the biggest things we're building on here right now is just building that relationship from the ring to the engagement on the phone to the walk through the door to the salesperson being ready the car being pulled up gas in it cleaned up and it just looking presentable i mean nobody would buy a suit from a you know a nordstrom or someplace like that if you walked in and the buttons were half hanging off and the thing was crinkled up and wrinkles all over it yeah absolutely so you know it's funny matt because i was thinking as you were saying that dave i was thinking simple like he, right. Matt, Matt just gave the simplest answer in the world, but I mean the reality is, we we act like sometimes that it's a complicated thing that we sell. It's it's like selling underwear. Like everyone wears them, everyone drives, right? Sure, it's like sure. it's like it's not that complicated. Do you want to walk or drive? Ride a camel, a horse? What I mean, you know, pick your method of communication. And it's like it's we we overcomplicate it. But Matt just basically said, hey man, let's just be presentable. Let's just have things ready. Let's just be prepared. Yeah. Isn't that really what you want? Well, yeah, whenever so, you buy anything. Yeah, and oftentimes as salespeople, we're conscious of the boxes we have to check off uh, to make sure that we're doing those things when ultimately. It can just be a conversation with another human. Yeah, and so, I guess everyone doesn't wear underwear, so that sounds a bad example. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Dave, <laughs> David Hunt, David Hunt on uh, on Facebook here, David Hunt said uh, pre-game, halftime, and post-game, meaning those are the times that you, you focus on. The pre-game training, halftime, you're in the battle, right? You're trying to get it done. And then post-game is that reflection that we talked about. Let's go back to uh, David Moss and uh, – David, you know, uh, obviously you've heard a lot of comments, probably already are, are uh, thinking of things you want to add. But, uh, you know, as an, as an owner, 
I know that you're very conscious of what it takes to get that initial contact with the customer. So when we start talking about follow-up and the value that we have with the clients we have, you know, um, how do you get that message across to your team as to how valuable that is to maintain that relationship after the purchase? Well, the first thing is you have to you have to make it make sense to them. You know, and one uh, big topic of discussion that I, you know, it's not even just your sales pros. It's your it's your TO managers, your desk managers, your finance managers, your general sales managers. Everybody, we're all human beings, so we all tend to get a little comfortable, especially when there's not a lot of turnover, and we need to be shake rattled and rolled a little bit. But you got to make it make sense, and it has to be important to you. So, following up with a customer is, is important to me. I've been in the car business my entire life. Um, and I've only known it the David Moss way, and, and follow-up is, is key. And Michelle said something super that really stuck out, and it was we spend, on average, $600 per customer um, on advertising to get them through the door. I think about that all the time. It's funny, right? We spend that much money to get a customer through the door to get an opportunity to wow them and earn their business. But if we have a really good customer in the service department that might need uh, a $250 tire, and they really think, and the, you know, they really think that it's, we should pay for it. We get into a pissing battle with them. And next thing you know, we, we turn away a really good customer over $250 for a tire that we're still going to collect a little bit of gross on. It makes no sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But how many times does that happen in our stores? It happens often. You know, I try to keep it to a minimum of mine, but you know, I'm sure it does happen when I'm not looking and I'm sure it happens at, at stores across the country. We, we, we will easily lose a great customer over $200 or less mm -hmm. when we're spending 600 to a thousand dollars for a fresh opportunity. But we've got to make it important. And you mentioned uh, seeing the bigger picture. To me, I see the bigger picture on every opportunity, every lead. I look at it and I see the bigger picture. But not everybody else does. So you've got to take it in baby steps. You know, there's there's people um, at my store that haven't been in the car business longer than six months. But if you ask my uh, sales managers who are leading a team, they expect them to be them. They expect them to be completely the best, rock stars, know everything to say, how to handle every objection. And unfortunately... As sad as it is and as hard as it is to really say it out loud, that's not the case. It's just not yeah. It's not how it is. So the pregame, halftime, and postgame, wh whoever said that is spot on. That's how we treat every single day um, at our store is we have a meeting every morning, and it's not just a, hey, let's sell cars. We legitimately train. We do a save-a-deal meeting, which is, which is crucial. Look at your customers that you had previous days that you haven't closed yet. Put your heads together and communicate and quit trying to have an ego and figure out how we can, does someone have a better idea? How can we sell that customer a car? How can we get them back in the store today so we can do something more creative and, and make it happen? And then halftime, around that 2 o'clock in the day, how many cars do we have out? Let's evaluate our leads. Let's evaluate our, our outbound phone calls. Let's have every manager grab a, a, a salesperson who just started and make calls in front of the salesperson so they can see what you're supposed to say, not just read a script like uh, somebody had said, which I agree, scripts are... It's really hard to give somebody a script and expect them to be good because a script doesn't really sell anything. It's it's just good, useful information and a good foundation. Yeah. And then after the day, whether you have a good day or a bad day, I think it is important to discuss it, um, to high five and and hoorah when you have a good day. But never lose fact, lose lose the sight that there are opportunities even on your great days that you've missed. Um, and I'm just going to give you a quick story. Uh, I was the desk manager GSM of our David Moss Toyota store in Orlando uh, when I was 21 years old. I was a young buck and given a huge responsibility, a huge opportunity. 
and we had so much traffic coming through those doors, I'll be honest, I could have screwed up deals and nobody would have noticed because we had so much traffic coming through that we were selling cars left and right. Then I got an opportunity to be the general manager of our Volkswagen store and our leads got cut by like taking a zero off the end. Um, <laughs> the opportunities got taken down to like nothing. Every single breathing person was important. So I, I had to look at things totally different and had to really learn how to manage my ups, opportunities, leads, phone ups, referrals, repeat, prospects. Had to really focus on it in a whole different way. And now it's made being over here in Newport Ritchie, Moss Nissan so much better because I've been able to see both ends of the spectrum and I respect it. So it's much easier for me to make it make sense to my team. That's good. <clears throat> That's good. Uh, thank you, David. And going to uh, Michelle for a second. Michelle, you know, uh, I've, I've watched you comment here on Facebook and looking at the screen and seeing some of the uh, comments that are coming through as well. But, I mean, listening to what David said, I want to just piggyback on to the, the last part of what he said. You know, it's real important because I, I personally – that goes back to one of the comments I made earlier. That's kind of what I meant by it. If, if I were confused, confusing, uh, was what David said. You know, there's so much money, and that's kind of what I equate that to. There's, David said, hey, there's so many leads coming in. We do, we're doing so much business. I could have messed some things up, and no one would have known. But the reality is it would have still been messing some stuff up. So I think that either we're leaving business on the table, leaving opportunity on the table, but one way or the other, we're leaving excellence on the table. And so, you know, when you hear that, Michelle, and you see dealerships of all size, really it comes down to uh, leadership. I see a comment that came in that someone said, you know, you just have to have the leadership in place and it has to have a, pro, uh, you know, how, how important is that, Michelle, when, when you look at dealerships today in 2018 and we're, we're going? Leadership is huge. You know, I've been in multiple different stores, and I think we can all attest to the fact that there are some managers that we don't even want to get up from behind the desk, much less make a follow-up call or send a card or, or do something that's going to be proactive. And I think that in today's society, especially with social and with customers having so much access to Internet and being able to shop different dealerships all at once, we need to start taking our command focus from the top down. We need owners to be more present. We need owners to engage. We need owners to set an example. And we need to have not only product support in place, but we need to have service support in place. We need to not just focus on training to get that customer through the door. We need to start focused on social training. How do we present ourselves to the public? How are we going to grab that repeat referral business? How are we doing our post-sale follow-up? Because the reality is a lot of it's lacking. And, you know, I've, I've seen it, and it's been an amazing, amazing movement, you know, and I'm going to give a shout-out to people like Jason Gardner with Nicobe, Sean Hayes with Sales Hustlers, the whole damn Cummins group. You know, these are places that I really see that they're engaging. As an owner down, whether it's a general manager, a sales manager, a BDC manager, they're engaging their employees that is, in turn, creating engagement to the customer. And so I think it's a really, really important topic that we discuss, that we start there and we start putting that effort out there to our sales consultants and say, hey, this isn't the old school game anymore. We have customers that it's a competition now, and we have to step our game up so that we can change this industry. That's good. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, Michelle, and you're right. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, Michelle. I can, I can hear the passion in your voice as well. And uh, but let's go to, back to Justin Gasman. Justin, you, you know, you've heard so many comments since the last uh, time you had the opportunity to speak. Do you want to just weigh in on some thoughts? You know, it, it's funny, we, we get going in all these different directions, and I'm sitting here thinking, one of the things about our industry that I love is is that we do attract great people, and we do have a lot of passion, and you can hear it in everybody's voices. Um, 
And one of the things that we talked about earlier, I wanted to circle back. We talked about buying a car and, and how it can be an emotional deal, um, maybe for the salesperson, because this is how they create their livelihood. It's not just a job. It's a career. It's their business. But it's emotional for the customer. And it's funny. I had a customer in here yesterday, and we were doing a repeat deal. So this is now the second time um, that I've done tape work with this gentleman. I guess it was three years ago because he was turning in his lease. And he leased another Yukon from us last night. And we were talking about the paperwork and we're going through the deal and I've laid everything out. And I always, after I'm finished with a deal, I lay out all the forms in front of me and I sort of package the deal and stack it. And it takes an extra minute and high volume, really fast paced stores maybe can't allow for that. But I do it because I've got the time and it allows me to check to make sure I didn't miss anything, especially while they're still sitting here where I can get a quick signature. And while we're doing it, he's looking at it and he goes, God, that's a lot of paperwork. And I said, you know, what's funny. We're bringing you and the dealership and the factory and the service contract provider and OnStar and XM and your insurance company and the payoff on your, your, your trade and all these entities and things and the city and the county. Yeah. You've got like 15 different companies, businesses, agencies that everything has to come together perfectly. We can't be off one penny or one VIN number or one digit. And it's all got to be seamless in order for this transaction to go down and not have it adversely affect you. And he looked at me and he goes, you know, buying a car is a really personal thing. And as much as we post on social media and we have pictures and we want to engage with the customers, it is a, it is a serious deal and we forget because we do so many of them that it's an emotional deal for them and it's a, and it's a private personal thing. We're talking about their credit and all the non-public personal information and how much they make and their mortgage and their debt and who they're married to and all, all these things that the general public doesn't get to see, but we in the business office and, and in these dealerships, we get their entire life in a, in a file folder. Mm-hmm. And we're also trying to help them with a purchase, and it's probably the biggest or second biggest purchase they ever make, and with car prices being what they are. Um, some of these are astronomical. I mean, we're selling Yukons and Escalades that are you're, you're close to a hundred thousand um, dollars. It's a lot of money, and it's a big deal. So it's it is good to remind ourselves of that. Like you said, as we go into July and we've got this launch pad for the fall, and how it's it's the best time of the year. We have to be cognizant that these people are still coming in. They're nervous. They're scared. It's emotional. It's private. They they just want to make the right decision. It's just like us when we're not in the store and we're out buying stuff. Everyone wants to buy. No one wants to be sold. They all want to feel like they got a good deal. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all a psychological deal, but it's understanding how to connect with people. Yeah. Um, the car is the byproduct. It just happens to be we're in one of the coolest industries that has some of the coolest products that are now out. And in the next five, ten years, it's going to be amazing what we get to be a part of. Wait till we we start, just got to remember that wait till it's we start a selling business. spaceships. When we start selling maybe <laughs> land speeders, so I can't wait. You know, you just think about that. We, it's best is yet to come. Yeah, when they were moving, awesome. so, when they start floating, yeah, it's gonna exactly. be cool. <laughs> It'd be tremendous. So, I, hey, uh, I see David Moss now on, on the commercial. David just driving around your parking lot in a land speeder. Um, so all right, so let's let's begin to wrap let's begin to wrap this up, guys. Uh, and I'm gonna give um, Matt and Brian here. You know, um, uh, uh, clo- Matt, I'll give you your closing remark, and then. Uh, um, then we'll go to Brian after that. But um, Justin, thank you so much. Uh, Matt, let's go to you for some closing remarks here. Well, guys, again, thanks for having me on. It was a great show. And I just think, you know, going forward, we got to look at 
you know, what we're doing and how it kind of compares to the real world. Um, if anybody followed me on social media, you know, I recently moved from Pennsylvania to North Carolina to take this job. You know, I encountered moving companies. I encountered cleaning people, um, you know, real estate agents, a whole bunch of different things. And each one of them had a different process and a sales pitch and in a way of doing things. And, uh, I, you know, I'll give one quick example on it. Uh, we had a cleaning lady, real responsive, got right back to us. Gave us a really good deal on the cleaning. We showed up the last day to hand her the money as we're literally driving out of the state of Pennsylvania. And I look at the house, and she didn't wipe down the stainless steel fridge, and she didn't uh, wipe down one of the walls and or, or the bathroom. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. And I, and I just didn't have time to sit there and argue as I'm heading out the door. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll never refer her to anybody. And so take that to the car business. You know, she was right. great throughout the whole process. And then right at the last minute, she just completely dropped the ball. So mm-hmm. as a salesperson, we want to make sure we follow that customer from the beginning until the end and make sure that everything is complete and up to their expectations. But again, thanks for having me on here. Um, you know, you guys can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or at uh, Team Auto Group in uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. And congratulations too on the move, man. And, and congratulations. I told uh, when when the move happened a couple of, a couple of months ago. I told Kristen congratulations because she's getting a great a great person in you, man. So thanks for coming on, Matt. Brian, let's go to you. And you know, someone had asked a question earlier, so maybe in your closing remarks, you can kind of touch base on this. Someone posted a question on Facebook to you and and said maybe some advice that you would have for a GM that's coming in is trying to change the culture. And uh, that was part of the comment. Maybe you could touch on that a little bit, Brian, and and uh, in your closing remarks. And again, thank you for coming on. Uh, but if you want to address that, maybe hey, what's what's uh, what's some advice you can give a GM that's coming in that wants to change, you know, a dealership's culture for the better. Yeah, definitely. And, and David, thanks for asking me to be on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's it's important. Um, number one, obviously, to me, talk about mindset for everybody listening, and and how you know what it takes to become a GM. And and you know my story a little bit. I'm a I'm a fixed ops guy who started in the back and, and worked my way up to general manager, which happens, you know, I'm less than 3% of that of GMs right now represented. And uh, it, it really is just a mindset to get there and not letting other people set boundaries for you and, and not listening to the noise and just, you know, setting a goal and staying after it. Um, and, and coming in as a GM is setting the culture. And I talk about this a lot and I'm glad it's a question I have because I think that is one of our number one goals as a, as a leader, as a general manager, in any leadership position. Um, you have to set the culture. Um, you have to set the tone. You have to set the environment. Or else somebody else will, right? You're, you're going to allow an employee that you may, you know, maybe a cancer or maybe a bully or maybe whatever. And one of the first things as general manager here that I did is took over is just assess everybody and made sure that our vision, our goals are aligned um, you can find anybody to hit a goal, not anybody, but a lot of people to hit a goal, hit the number you want. Mm-hmm. And that's important to have, but there's a lot of people out there that could do it, but are they aligned with you? Do they have the mm-hmm. same vision? And I think the first thing any general manager needs to do is sit down, talk to all their people, find out what it is, and then build that culture. It's completely up to you. If you let someone else do it, it's a scary thing. It's your destiny. Yeah, you're, the, you're the captain of the ship, yeah, and, and you have to set the tone. That's good, man. Kill All right. Thank you so much, Brian. And uh, Michelle, you're the only vendor, so we'll, before, because yeah. I know David and, and Justin kind of had uh, a, a little bit of a closing remark earlier. So, Michelle, I, do, I will let you tell dealers how they can reach you, because I know you are on the vendor side, and I want to give you that opportunity. If someone's listening and needs some help, how can they uh, reach out to you? 
absolutely. And thanks again so much for having me on the show. You know, you guys that follow me on Facebook know that this is a, a huge, huge thing for me. And um, I promised that I was making a bombshell announcement today. So I wanted to give a shout out to the team over at Kobe as of last night. We have formed a symbiotic relationship, and they will be partnering them with them or other for our technology. So, huge shout out to Kobe. And uh, yeah, you can reach me. Um, obviously, you guys will follow me on Facebook at I Can Sell Cars and Stilettos or Dealer Dash. We do have two separate pages for that. Uh, you can reach me on the website. The website is www.mydealerdash.com. And we offer a full service post sale follow up program that literally takes every last bit of your post sale follow up. From the first follow-up call, email, we sell cookie tins, we send out birthday cards, anniversary cards. We have a really awesome program with some really unique products, and we encompass it all for roughly 10% of your total advertising budget, which is next to nothing. You know, I'm not in this for the money. I'm in this because I want to change this industry, and I want to help you get more repeat and referral business. So feel free to reach out to me. You can also call me direct at 843-743-3636. And uh, hope to hear from you guys. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help you out. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, David Moss. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, Michelle, Polly McLean, Justin Gassman, Matt Raymond, and Brian Jaden Singh. Man, thank you guys so much for, for being on today. It's been an amazing show, and it's because of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dave, we have a, a real quick here as we're ending. Um, the reason we ended the panel a little bit short, we, um, we're going to be having a show. Lou, um, come on the mic for a second. It's going to be a segment um, on an upcoming show. What date? July 26th. That's in two weeks. Not this Thursday coming up. The following Thursday. So, okay, so the show two weeks from today, we're going to have a regular show. We'll have a regular panel guest and, and with, a, with some good topics. But part of the show in two weeks from today – it's going to be a segment where there's some, there's some dialogue uh, on social media on Facebook um, about some some strategies and and so what we wanted to do is bring a cup uh, bring uh, two of these individuals that have been dialoguing on to let them kind of have a little bit of a debate and discussion on this and of course you guys can weigh in and w- we asked them to call in today separately so they can maybe just take and explain in a couple of minutes what uh, what this is going to be about in a couple of weeks and we have uh, Dan's on right Dan Webb. Okay, so Dan Webb is on. Dan, man, thanks. Uh, and Dan's with Kobe. And Dan, why don't you uh, just kind of lay the groundwork, man, in a minute or so? Uh, we've got about 60 seconds. And then just tell our listeners what, um, you know, what this conversation could be about in a couple of weeks between uh, you and Kevin. I'm looking to uh, just educate the automotive community on what Jacoby's actually doing for dealers, go over all data points that need to just be uh, basically just squashed and just uh, verify how dealers are becoming successful with the technology um, and how dealers are becoming unsuccessful with the technology. Um, so I just want to go over all Kevin's talking points, and he has a lot of them, and I'd love to have the opportunity to discuss it with him and uh, the rest of the world. Nice, man. Well, we look forward to we look forward to uh, um, the conversation in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be, uh, I'm sure, to be highly anticipated, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a good audience for that as well, man. So thank you so much for calling in, and thanks for uh, bringing the conversation on Auto Dealer Live, man. We, we appreciate that. Yeah. Right, Dave? Absolutely. Mean, absolutely. I've been talking a lot, man. You haven't talked like a lot. That's all right. Hey, thank you, Dan. So I think we're going to – Lou, just let me know when Kevin is on. All right? And then so um, – so it's going to be a good conversation. And again, a I'm going to let them get into the details of yeah. it because, um, you know, he is? Okay, Kevin's on with Kevin Burns. Okay. Hey, Kevin Burns, welcome to the show. And Kevin, you're with... Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, good. Kevin, you're you're at a dealership, correctly? correct? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, do you, do you, are you, do you mind, what dealership are you with? 
I am with uh, Hillview Motors, a Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram store out here in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. We're just south of Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. So we got a Steeler fan, I'm assuming? <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, um, you you know, just take a 60 seconds or so. I know the show's going to take place or the segment's going to take place in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, we're going to let you guys bring the content. But, I mean, just give our listeners, you know, just a little taste of maybe, hey, what I'm, what I, why they would want to listen in a couple of weeks and maybe what you're, you know, without going into your points, but just kind of maybe what the premise is on your end. Absolutely. My my biggest objective is, you know, as Dan alluded to, is I have a lot of talking points on the data. I want to make sure we're clear on what is factual data, what is supported claims that are being made. Because it's so easy in the industry anymore to just say something and it be believed. Uh, through social media, you know, it's kind of become the whoever talks the loudest, whoever makes the loudest claims, they get a lot of attention. But that doesn't always necessarily make it accurate or true. So what I like to do is, like he said, squash it prove what's accurate and what's not, and at the same time also make sure that when these vendors are being um, challenged or asked to verify, they're handling it in the proper manners. You know, that we're making sure even as, you know, dealerships are expected to handle customer challenges the right way, vendors and their representatives should make sure they're handling how dealerships are asking them to verify their facts just as importantly. Okay. Well, man, Kevin, I, uh, well said, and I, I look forward to great dialogue, man. It sounds like it's going to be a great debate and a great discussion, and that's going to happen in two weeks. Thank you very much, Kevin, by the way. No, thank and you, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Two weeks, Dave, July 26th. It's going to be a great show. I love it. I love it. You know, this is a great opportunity for uh, for dealers and, and those of you who are even vendors. I'm sure there'll be a lot of lessons learned. But, I, you know, what's great about when you kind of witness these debates, especially if something so relevant to the audience, is that, you know, Dave, you can often be swayed one direction or another based on the talking points because, quite frankly, when you hear two different sides of things, you'll get legitimately new perspectives mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. I love the spirited uh, debate. And, and you know what? Uh, kudos to those who are courageous enough to come on, and it's not always, able, uh, uh, always comfortable to come on and either do a debate style or to – feel like you're being judged by your peers as far as your selling ability i mean you're you're on camera you're on microphone all those things mm-hmm. um i'm glad that they're well they know, say bring it don't sing it bring it don't <laughs> sing it right so i'm glad that's not intimidating Showtime. i'm glad that uh, we have two people that are come on and uh kind of give their opinion and help the car industry as a result grow in a better way no matter which you, side you fall on if you'd like to be on that i'm gonna tell you what, i'm gonna, I'm gonna make lose butt tuck pucker uh-oh, uh-oh. a little bit i'm gonna make his booty pucker a little uh-oh. bit you booty know what you know what I'm saying about that, Lou? Hey, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it get, make it get tight in the seat, as my pastor would say. So, I'm, if you'd like to be on that show, now we probably had something planned already. But what if we just push whatever we have planned back? And if you'd like to be on that show, not with them, the two of them are gonna have their time, as we have promised them. But if you'd like to comment on, you know, uh, just. On, uh, you have some opinions. Maybe you'd like to discuss, you know, uh, lead generation in the auto business. You'd like to discuss, you know, uh, your opinion. Maybe it has nothing to do with um, products or a company like Tacoby or anything like that. Just, just in general, we would like to vet you, talk to you, um, and uh, we'd like to have a, a show jam packed full of individuals that can come on and just kind of carry this conversation into the remainder of the show because their segment's going to be about what five minutes. Five ten minutes, and they're going to just go back and forth. They got some talking points, and and then they'll give us a kind of a foundation to discuss. What do you guys say? You think that's good? It's gonna be great. Do we have Can't a wait. winner? We have a winner of the book. Uh oh! See, he's puckering again. Come on now, we need a winner. <laughs> Butt pucker.
<laughs> I don't know it. Hey, hey, huh? Go ahead and well, message me directly if you guys want to be on the show. I'd love to talk to you guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Are we announcing and the winner? Me would of the be Lou Torres, no? in case you're watching this and you're not connected. Yes, and Aaron Serena Scarborough, if I said that correctly, Serena said she fell in love with Justin Gasman a little bit today. So, Justin, Justin there you go. You got a long distance relationship started. <laughs> That's what she said. She goes, I think I fell in love with Justin a little bit. Uh, Rachel, Rachel Webb, you are the winner of today's... Uh, Rachel Webb. Show. Rachel Webb. Bam. Any, any relation to Dan Webb? I was, that's what I was thinking. Is she, she going to weigh in next uh, week or in a couple weeks? <laughs> you got a book coming, Rachel. Got an awesome Whoever book. you are. Leader be lunch. <laughs> Boom. All right, guys. Have a great week. All right.